Welcome to episode 293 of Live Happy Now. With a new year on the horizon, many of us are thinking about our New Year's resolutions. But this year, what if you made a plan instead? I'm your host, Paula Phelps, and this week we're talking about how to use technology to help us stay on track and improve our personal well-being. Brett Franson is founder of Most Days, a life improvement platform designed to let you create healthy routines while also tapping into a social support system. Let's find out how his own struggles led to creating this platform and how he's using it to address challenges like depression, anxiety, loneliness, sleep disturbances, and more. Brent, welcome to Live Happy Now. Thank you. This is an interesting thing. You have created an app for mental health. And it's something that well, I haven't really seen something exactly like this before. And I wanted to find out what led you to develop this in the first place. Yeah. So most days is a life improvement platform and it's built on the behavior change frameworks that we see in addiction. And so I, like many people have a lot, there's a lot of addiction in my family and close friends. And so I've just been kind of on the front lines of addiction, watching people struggle with addiction, and then watching them change their lives and change the way that they behave to improve their lives. Addictions are so interesting because they're caused by behaviors. They're not caused by them, but the negative consequences of addiction manifest themselves by just repeating the same unhealthy behaviors over and over again. And then the cure, cure is the wrong word, but the way out of addiction is to change those behaviors. So there are some medications, but primarily the way that people free themselves from addiction is not through medication or surgery. It's through figuring out how to change their behaviors. And for me, having seen so many people go through this and having had my own experiences with it myself, it became really clear to me that I think these frameworks that have been built in addiction can be used to change your behavior for anything. And so it's really born out of personal experiences, having a lot of exposure to these frameworks, and then feeling like as a technologist, we can build technology that will help people change their behavior to improve the quality of their lives. And how did you identify which issues you wanted to address with this app? Yeah, so we really focused on areas where there's a lot of suffering and behavior change is the best way to alleviate that suffering. And so behavioral health is a really obvious place to start. And so if you look at anxiety, depression, addiction, OCD, issues with sleep, these are all areas where there's a set of things that you can do most days. And if you're successful in doing those things, you can improve the quality of your life. And so we really wanted to go right to the places where people are suffering most to provide the help there. And can you talk about what those areas are? What different pillars or silos you address with this app? Yeah. So basically there are three pillars to the app. I'll come back and provide some context for that question, which are that you either create or subscribe to a routine. So this is a set of habits you're trying to instill into your life most days. We have a set of experts who have written routines for anxiety, depression, OCD, sleep, weight loss, stress and burnout, and relationship. 
And these are the criteria for these experts are they have a doctorate in a relevant field. They're associated with a top tier university and they've got a passion around behavior change. So our experts are, they teach at places like Stanford and Cal and UCLA. So you're creating or subscribing to a routine. You're then surrounded by accountability. So it's a social network. So you're surrounding yourself with people who can help you hold you accountable on that journey. And then the third piece is you're understanding your progress over time. And so we've primarily focused on the behavioral health issues that I've outlined. And you mentioned the experts that you brought in. You got some heavy hitter experts. How did you approach them and how did you get them on board with what you were doing? Yeah, I think really the old fashioned way. I mean, we established those criteria of saying we need, we are technologists. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist. So I've got a lot of personal experience with this problem. And so it was really important to us. So we said, hey, if we're going to really help people, we need the best of the best in terms of experts that have spent their careers helping people improve the quality of their lives if they're suffering from these behavioral health issues. And so we identified those criteria associated with a top tier university, have a doctorate, really passionate about behavioral health. And then there was a bonus piece, which was better if they've written books on these topics. And so we've got a neuroscientist uh, who teaches at UCLA, who's written a best-selling book on how to manage your life if you have depression. And so we outlined those criteria and And we found a small subset of people who met those criteria and we reached out to them. And I think luckily, you know, the, what we're building is in line with the way in which they see technology helping in their own professions, um, that they were enthusiastic and agreed to work with us. And then for someone who's hasn't seen this, he can't really visualize it. Can you kind of explain how that content is presented and what exactly that experience is when they go and they download the app? Yeah, sure. So again, these three pillars, you're either creating or subscribing to a routine. The second pillar, it's nested within a social network. And the third is understanding progress over time. So as you download the app, your first experience is going to look very much like a social network. So if you think of a Facebook or an Instagram with a feed, it's going to look very much like that. You are then either tapping into a library. So this is, there are routines rolled up at these behavioral levels. So depression, anxiety, et cetera. If you were to go into the depression category, you would see there are multiple routines for depression. So there's a routine for people who are struggling to get out of bed. So a a routine for people who are really struggling for depression. There's a routine for people who are more functionally depressed and each individual routine is just going to have a set of things that you're trying to do most days. So at the core of most days is self-compassion. It's progress, not perfection. We're not going to do each of these items each day, but you're going to see a list of eight to 12 items that if you complete most items, most days, you're going to improve the quality of your life. So for that depression routine, it's going to be things that are, for somebody who's really struggling, things that are simple, like get out of bed and take a shower or talk to a friend. So, or you're creating your own, which can be anything. Okay, I want to meditate and I want to exercise 30 minutes, whatever it might be. 
you then each day are prompted to check in. So it's binary. You're going to say, yes, I completed this item or no, I didn't. And again, it's important to underscore. It's okay to say no. We need to be compassionate with ourselves. And so you're going to say yes or no. And then at the end of that process, you have the option, but you can post your progress to the people who are following you. So the people who get the most benefit out of most days are the ones who invite a spouse or invite a sibling or invite a family member or a therapist or somebody who can support you in your progress. They're going to see your yes responses. So your yes responses are going to be posted to your feed. We want positive reinforcement around the things you're doing. We don't want to create shame around the things you're not doing. We're not going to do everything every day. So that's the primary interaction. And then there's the progress piece, which is you can look at, hey, last week, what percentage of these items, these habits did I complete? What does that look like over time? Am I getting better at doing them? Am I getting worse? So you can see those analytics. The last thing I'd add there is we're adding, it was actually added today, but a mood meter. So at the beginning of filling out that routine, you're going to select, hey, one to 10, how are you feeling? And so because we have the things that you're doing each day, if you're regularly checking in, and then we have how you're feeling, we can now tell you, hey, here are the habits and here are the things that you do that are most associated with a good mood. So you can get a better sense at really kind of what the output is. So it's a very simple, and we like to think intuitive and beautiful app experience. We're constantly making it better. I don't want to toot our horn too much, but that's the experience. Well, one of the things that I like about it is just as the name implies, most days, you're not going for perfection here. You're not saying you have to be 100% perfect every day. And can you kind of talk about, is there a formula? How often, like, how many days do you have to kind of stay on track? Where does that mindset come from? And how did you develop that as the mission of this? Yeah, so I think in my own, so for me personally, Health and happiness and healthy routines, they're not that easy for me. I really have to work at it. And one of the things that I realized, I'm almost 40 now, in my early 20s, I started smoking cigarettes in college and I was quitting smoking cigarettes, was this mantra of don't quit quitting was really helpful for me. And so in quitting smoking cigarettes, it just it didn't take the first time or the second time or the third time. And I realized that if my mindset was, hey, don't quit quitting, focus on getting back on the horse and not whether or not, you know, not whether you've fallen off, that I'll eventually get there. And I haven't had a, you know, I haven't had a cigarette in 15 years. And I think that this philosophy, you know, self-compassion is so important and we often lose sight of it in cases where we're trying to change our diet, we're trying to exercise more, we're trying to meditate, we're hard on ourselves because it's hard to pick up a new habit. And I think that when we beat ourselves up, that that makes it more likely that we're not going to pick up that habit. And I think we really have to approach and we have to approach it from an internal mantra of, hey, it's okay. I didn't quite get there today. Tomorrow's a new day. And we see this philosophy in addiction, which is one day at a time. And so that's been really helpful for me. We see that represented in other frameworks for behavior change, this kind of mentality of, hey, just focus on making sure that you get back on the horse. So there's, it's really about progress. If you're able to do 10% of the items every day, you know, just try to get yourself to 11% or 12%. It's a little bit of change each day that compounds over time. 
The last thing I would say is it's important if you're going to use most days and you're, and you're really going to kind of seriously use it to try to change your behavior is have your bar be checking in each day. Even if you're marking each item at, as no, that's totally okay. Checking in is half the battle. There's a great quote, which is kind of a problem well stated is a problem half solved. And so I think if you're staying, if you're keeping yourself top of mind on, hey, here are the things I want to incorporate into my life. And even if I didn't get any of those things today, that's okay. I'm checking in. I'm reminding myself of those things. You're going to increase the odds that you get those things done tomorrow. So again, it's this theme of self-compassion continues to come up. I like that a lot because yeah, just from checking in, you're reminding yourself that that's where you're headed. And so just because you didn't do it today doesn't mean you're not still on that path. I like that a lot. And this is a great time to look at it because we're heading into a new year. People are making resolutions or setting goals. And you know, one of the things that most days does is create routines that can lead to those healthy habits. So can you talk about why it's important to have a plan and a routine, not just a resolution. Oh, yeah, sure. So, I mean, I think that behavior change, it's a journey and not a destination. So our lives are a series of minutes that roll into hours and the hours roll into days and the days roll into years and the years roll into a lifetime. And so I think this focus on how do I, on an average day, how do I get better over time, again, no destination, at making the decisions that are going to improve the quality of my life and not degrade it? And so I think sometimes New Year's resolution, I think that goal setting is good. I'm not against the exercise of goal setting. But I think there's this like zero to 60 associated with it. Okay, I'm 200 pounds now and I want to be at 160 as soon as possible. Okay, there's a big gap there in that goal for me. And then B, it implies that there's some destination. Okay, as soon as I get to some place, then I'm done and I no longer have to think about that. And I think the path to long-term change is one more of how do I over time make more and more decisions that help the quality of my life? How do I prioritize sleep? How do I prioritize eating? How do I prioritize exercising? But just a little bit each day and those changes compound over time, I think is much more achievable. So I I think that mindset of just a little bit each day, stay with it, it'll add up, can sometimes be a little bit an easier pill to swallow than like a big goal that you might set around the New Year's resolution. I think, and then ideally, maybe you're doing both. Okay, at some point, I want to get down to my 160. But I'm just going to take it one day at a time. Yeah, you know, because we always joke in our house about we don't like the first two weeks of the year because the gym's so crowded. So we're like, ah, by the third week, it's fine, you know, (laughs) because people start dropping off. So how does using this app and having this plan keep that from happening? Well, you know, it's not going to be 100%. I think a, a couple of pieces. One is it's binary. So let's take something like your example of exercising. So if you are trying to go from not exercising at all to exercising most days, each day you're going to check in and you're going to have to say, yes, I exercised or no, I didn't. And in making the determination for yourself as to whether or not you did that, I would encourage somebody to set a really low bar for what counts. So if I'm starting to, if I, let's just say my exercise is walking or running, 
okay, I could count it if I put my shoes on and walk out of the house. It's unlikely that I'm going to put my shoes on and walk out of the house and walk right back in. But if I take that first step, count it. Or if I just literally walk one block, count it. And what's going to happen over time if you're focusing on consistency and not intensity, the one block's going to turn into two blocks, the two blocks are going to turn into three blocks, and so on. And so I think the mistake that people can make is, okay, it's January 1st. I'm going to spend an hour at the gym five days a week when my baseline is I don't spend any time at the gym. No, I think you want to start with, hey, just go to the gym once next week. And even if you walk in, you spend five minutes there and you walk out, count it, feel good about it. The next time you'll spend 10, the next week you'll go twice. But if you take that really compassionate approach with yourself, I think that's the more realistic way to achieve the change. Yeah, I can see how that would absolutely be effective. And when did you launch the app? We launched the app basically over the summer. And then we have opened it up to basically any member. We were private for that period just a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And how was it like during the pandemic? Because this seems like something that would be very useful people were, they were struggling with what their daily routine was. People were having trouble getting out of bed and some people still are. And we're not saying that's gone either because we could be having more lockdowns in the next month or two. So how does this help and how did it help during the pandemic? Yeah. So I think we are, there's a couple of different ways. One is we've all lost our pre-pandemic structure. So the gyms are closed or we used to commute and that was part of whatever routine we have. And now we don't commute. It's going to be different for everybody. And so I think having some structure, having a plan, having some accountability is important, especially when our lives and our normal routines have all been upended. And so either I had a healthy routine and it's been upended, or this is a really great chance I didn't have a healthy routine and it's a good (laughs) chance to build some of that structure in. Two is at our core, we are a social network around peer-to-peer accountability for people who want to improve the quality of their lives. They want to change something about their lives to improve the quality of their lives. And so I think that even through a digital medium like an app, I think that human to human connection, that support of one another is more important now than it ever has been. And we have groups of people who are meeting over Zoom, their support groups, groups who are struggling with these various issues, and they're all trying to improve their lives in similar ways who are meeting via Zoom. And we found that to be very helpful. And then the third piece is just the very straightforward. We have routines for loneliness. We have routines for some of these things that have been exacerbated really exponentially by the pandemic. So we're best used as one of a variety of things. You want to get support from your friends and family. And we're, of course, not going to replace that. If you're seeing a therapist or a psychologist, that's great. We're not going to replace that. We want to either be complimentary to those things and make it easier for you to achieve your goals on top of those things. Or if you don't have any of those things, as just as a good place to start. That's what a great tool. And one thing that I noticed is that you're saying that you'll provide free subscriptions for users who can't afford them so that everyone has access to this. Can you tell me how that works? 
Yeah, sure. So right now in this moment, we are free to everybody. We will start charging a monthly subscription starting on February 1st. We're very focused on not, you know, a lot of social networks essentially exploit their members on behalf of some third party, which is typically an advertiser. We're not going to do that. And so we'll need to ask our members to pay. On February 1st, it'll be a sliding scale. You can pay based on what you can afford. So the recommended amount is $12, but you can slide it down if that's a little bit too much, or if you're more fortunate, you can slide it up. In addition to that, we will always provide access to our platform for people who can't afford it. So you would just check a box and say, hey, I can't afford to pay for this. And we would give it to you for free, no questions asked. I mean, our mission is to measurably increase quality of life and length of life globally. And so a big part of that is democratizing access to both the information, what do you need to do most days, given whatever you're suffering from, and then two, a platform that gets better and better over time at actually enabling that change. And so I think keeping people out of that experience because of their socioeconomic status just doesn't feel right to us. So we will always provide an option for people to access it who can't afford it. That's terrific. You know, and and you are in the early stages of it, but what do you foresee it becoming? What do you think it'll add to and what's it going to look like in five or 10 years? Yeah, I think so long term, we want our there's a couple of focus areas. One, the library of routines. And so if we look at basically 50% of health outcomes are attributed to behavior, it's 15 or 20% are attributed to medical care. 97% of people struggle from at least one health ailment. 50% of us will struggle with mental illness in our lives. You know, we've got very high rates of diabetes, et cetera. I mean, we're all struggling in some way. And so I think there is the library of routines that can really address any issue and continuing to expand that library. And then the second piece is, and perhaps the more important piece is that the platform gets better and better at actually enabling you and increasing the odds that you achieve that change. So as the number of members who are using it grow, that gives us a lot of interesting data to help understand, okay, what's working, what's not working to improve the technology to make it more likely that people achieve that change. And so that would include the routines getting broken down into, right now it's just one routine broken into, okay, here's where you start. And once you complete this routine, then here's the intermediate one. And then here's the expert one. And so just getting better and better at enabling that change over time. And then the third piece is lots of ways for people to connect one another. If we look at the behavior change frameworks and addiction, one of the, you know, the, probably the most effective piece of that is people coming together on some common journey. And they're, they're able to, in an environment that's safe, to be vulnerable, share with other people who are trying to achieve the same change. And so we have some of that now in our support groups, but getting better and better at bringing people together via Zoom to support one another on their relative journeys. And so, and again, we want to have a global impact. So our ambitions are large. I think it's an important enough problem that you've got to think that way. Yeah, this solves a lot of, not solves, it addresses a lot of things that people are dealing with. And, you know, I think it's a wonderful thing. And when we come back, we're going to tell the listeners how they can 
find it, download it, start the new year with it. And, you know, they can learn a little bit more about you. But before we let you go, can you talk about what you most hope that most days accomplishes? I think if I were to go really pie in the sky about what most days accomplishes, and I think we can do this, I think it's going to take us time. Basically, because of the incentives in the healthcare system, and basically the way doctors are paid, we focus really heavily right now on the quick fixes, on the prescriptions, on the surgeries, and, you know, it's just the way the system is. And for me, I envision a world in which it's two things. So let's take anxiety, for example. Anxiety, if you're struggling with really intense anxiety, something like Xanax and benzodiazepine is good in the short term. It's going to help alleviate that anxiety in the short term. But the long-term solution is a set of behavior changes. And so not that you know, prescription medications that they go away, they're very important, but that we couple them with getting really good at prescribing the behavior change that in many cases is the more sustainable long-term solution. Something like Xanax is, you know, it's addictive. And so I think if we do our jobs right, and we are not a pharmacy very specifically, but we become almost a pharmacy for behavioral prescriptions that can be used in tandem with the kind of medical procedures and prescriptions that we know so well today. Very well said. This is, I'm excited to see how this grows and how it evolves because you're, like I said, you're addressing a lot of things that people are going through and it's, it's an important thing for us to have, especially right now and going into the future. So, so thank you for creating this. Oh yeah. Thank you so much for having me. That was Brent Franson talking to us about how to use technology to find support and make a plan for improving your life one day at a time. If you'd like to learn more about his Most Days platform, visit us at livehappynow.com and follow the links. That is all we have time for today. We'll meet you back here again next week for an all-new episode. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one. Mm-hmm.